You are listening to the Glass Cannon Network, the premier source for role-playing game entertainment. Friday night and tick 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 ding it's time for chaos folks I think this is gonna be a special app maybe I'm spoiling it maybe it won't be but I don't know I just feel like we are quickly going down the drain that is season one and tonight has all the possibilities to be something special but I don't know We discover this live every single week. I have been reducing the amount of prep I'm doing and just really trying to follow the lead of these investigators. And you guys have been taking us on uh, quite a journey. And I just feel like tonight, based on all the decisions you have made as of late, is going to be a humdinger. But in the meantime, uh, Rob, you made a little offhanded comment uh, pre-show that your house is under attack. Yeah. Um, Black Widow spiders are uh, terrifying to look at. And I killed four of them in my garage over the last like two weeks. And now there's like I'm in the basement. There's a there's a, a window well uh, window right there. You can look out that thing. And it's like I have a terrarium of five Black Widows chilling right here. They're- there's They're another poisonous, one right? right there on the other side of this window. It's horrifying. <laughs> anyway, Are they native it. to Denver? I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, they're just, you know, they're chilling. I don't know where they're from, they, you know, um, originally. I've never seen a Black Widow. Are they the ones that have, like, the cross on their back? They and, got like, the hourglass and they're, like, poisonous. Uh, yeah, that's no good. Or they're Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson is not in my window well I want that to be clear um, Careful Rob she'll crush you with those powerful thighs She can do that thing where she jumps up on my head And then does this twisty round And then walks Classic. like this This is a this is a real problem You have uh, small children Are you calling small, an exterminator yeah. what do you, What's happening I did, I did Don't worry guys I've called uh, the experts They're coming on Thursday And I'm just telling my children and pets Who don't understand me To stay away from the window wells um, they're, and they're large. They're like much big. They're like, you know, bigger than okay. I expected. Yeah. All right. Wow. Oh, yeah. Big bulbous like, black bodies and crinkly pointy legs. It's awful. You know what we have out here in, uh, in Westchester, which I'd never seen before in my life. Have you heard of, uh, cricket spiders? No. What? Okay. These fucking things. Uh, we don't see them that often, but sometimes they come out and then we'll see them like three times in a week and then we won't see them till next year. And that's too much. They are, uh, about this large, these spiders, <laughs> and it's all legs. Their body, I mean, they don't even look like spiders. When you first see them, you're like, is that a rat with, uh, like six snakes coming out of it? It is so <laughs> huge. And they're like, um, I don't want to say they're intelligent, but they're, uh, there's something extra creepy about them in that they feign death. So like Whoa. you, I've taken like a shoot of them and I'll like bang, 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 got them. 
and then I'll walk away to go grab something. I come back and he's gone. I'm like, ah, no, <gasps> that thing is walking oh, around at somewhere. These now. That's not cool. Are they yeah. crickets or are they spiders? I think they're spiders. I think they're cricket spiders and they jump as well. Uh, I mean, they are the craziest things and you can beat the living shit out of them. One time I was like, ah, 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 like I, uh, it was like my fifth one in a row and I just beat the hell out of it and I scooped it up and I put it in the toilet and I flushed the toilet and I was like, fuck you, fuck you. Woke up my children. I watched some TV and then I, uh, later was, uh, I was like, Ooh, I gotta use the restroom. I went in there. It was like an hour and a half later. I open it up and it's like crawling out of the toilet. I was like, oh, no, no. I started stamping in there, poured Mm -hmm. gasoline. I mean, they are, they are the nastiest looking things because you see it and you're immediately like, ah, ah. And then they, they put up a fight and feign death. Uh, cricket spiders. They're also known as cave crickets or Hogan bugs. Hogan bugs? (laughs) Yeah, like Hogan bugs. I don't even want to Google one, but I'm going yeah, to. Uh, do any of you have any uh, pests that are... Oh, God. I mean, this isn't even doing it justice. If you're looking on Google, this doesn't really do it justice. The antennae and the legs are uh, generally twice as long as what just you're seeing Just go for here. days. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Go for days. So it just looks like, what What the hell is that creature? I guess it's a spider, but uh, an unholy alliance of crickets, spiders, and uh, death feigners. No, thank you. Whoa. I don't have any pests, but I have a very loud, needy cat. Hogan's cat. Well, that's why you don't have pests. Because of your cat. Yeah, yeah, that's true. She's good for something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, my cat does keep some of the pests out, but he doesn't. I don't want him eating the pets, the pests. Like, I don't mind if he beats the shit out of them, but I don't want him to start eating. So I have to intervene, but then he gets mad because he wanted his fresh kill. And so I have to give him something else as a thank you. Uh, it's pretty gross. Are you guys, anybody like really anti-spider, like freak out city? Yeah, that's why I feel like a weight is on my chest right yeah. now with these things all around me. My yeah. lizard brain is, but like my thought brain my my higher thinking brain is like they're fine they're your friends but black widows were like my childhood fear like children were like i'm afraid of a fire or i'm afraid of tornadoes i was like i'm afraid of a black widow being in my shoe and i don't live anywhere near they where they roam (laughs) yeah it's i remember seeing one or two in la but that was over the course of almost 20 years uh but this is i've seen you know i've seen like Eight or nine in a week and a half. That's not right. That's not right. Uh, Ross, are there any pests, uh, animals, or reptilian, uh, reptiles <laughs> that, uh, just really not your speed? Give me go. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't like spider. Same, same, Kate. Like, I, I realize like there are buddies. They're, they're just a part of the circle of life, but like, <laughs> I am, there is a part of me that, that, that recoils. I, when I was a teenager, I had a job working in a restaurant and like one day it was like, uh, it was like, you, you gotta like unload at the, uh, like the, the rubbish cans, like a little bit further away from the place, which were down underneath this parking deck in this, um, in this restaurant and going down there, it was like, like open the door, go down in this shadowy space. And then I was like, Oh, a spider dangling. And then I like, look up and it's just like dozens uh, hanging up in the ceiling and i'm just like <gasps> just like the ice water down your back i i could not oh. i was like i don't want to do that anymore 
<laughs> oh God. It's like those, uh, Instagram videos of like, there's a weird buzzing sound in the wall and they tear the wall open and there's 9,000 hornets. Have you ever seen those? <laughs> like, oh God, burn down the house. There's no oh, way. <laughs> when I was a kid, uh, I hated wasps because uh, when I lived where in your area, Troy, where you live, mm-hmm. where I grew up, like there was uh two things it was wasps because those were always like around somehow mm-hmm. when i was a kid but then like that one year when like cicadas came back up uh, out of yeah. the ground oh yeah because they chase you <laughs> yeah, they're horrible. imagine a rat with wings like that's how big they are the cicadas yeah and yeah. then they're like they there's like just a whole swarm of them and they're chasing you <laughs> yeah, they also leave like the husk of their body behind when they molt or whatever. So you'll walk yeah. outside. It was all the time in Louisiana. It's just like, oh my god, there's. It. But it was just like, a yeah, crispy, you're like, oh, the fall show. leaves, and you look yes. down like, no, it's not nope. fall leaves. It's yeah, exoskeletons. Yeah, oh, exoskeletons. Yeah. Do you ever feel bad uh, murdering uh, an insect? Um, yeah, because there are times I'm like, man, I'll, I'll, I'll be in a mood where I'm like, I'm going to carry this spider to the garden, and then there's other times I'll boil a pot of water and kill 300 ants, and I'll be like, I just committed ant genocide, <laughs> but I walked a spider a half a block. <laughs> Boiling a pot of water is so medieval. You never done that. Like, sometimes there's just like you look out the window, and I'm like. Is that 3,000 ants that wasn't there a second ago and you just boil a bottle of water and Whoa. then they don't, they're not around anymore after you yeah, do that. that. Would do it. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, like I, the invading army at the, your castle gates. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I literally personify like inanimate objects. I could never, Michael kills all the bugs in our home. But one thing I'm not excited about, um, when I move is the new pests that I will have in my neighborhood are black bears. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh, they just walk around like on they're the way like to the grocery big, store. Terrifying they're raccoons, and they like fuck with your garbage, and they just they roam all over the place. Like I didn't think, but I'm gonna see them. Like my yeah. friends who live nearby have a camera, and they had vid- footage of one and a child the other day. And I was like, I'm gonna live like five minutes away from <laughs> with a child, a mom and a child. Oh, oh, a cub. A- yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> someone not a human. That, that child being raised your, as a bear. You're looking through your ring cam. You're like, damn, my Amazon package is here, but there's a fucking bear outside, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, you're always like ordering honey from Amazon, right? Like, All the time. <laughs> oh, no, I can't do that anymore. Yeah. Fresh Just honey deliveries, overly ripe bananas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a raccoon in the neighborhood that only eats my trash. Um, <laughs> It's, it's very, very strange. Either that or like a neighbor that just hates me and wants to destroy our trash every week. But I, I look at everyone else's trash out on the street and it's fine. And our trash is all over the, the roadway. So I've told my wife, I just want to, I want to kill it. I want to find it and I want to kill it. But there's these wackadoo neighbors that live down the block who have like a huge banner on their house that says like, save the fucking coyotes. And I know they're feeding this raccoon just to like keep it around. And I'm, I know where they feed it. So I'm thinking about Mm. taking this rat poison that i have and sprinkling it in the thing they're using to feed the raccoon i can't go i can't kill a mammal i can't kill yeah, anything with they a, have with like a little spider. hands they're so cute yeah they always look like they're like guess what i just saw mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it's not cute cleaning raw eggs and diapers off your driveway <laughs> twice a week sure fair that's not as, not as much fun um and it could just be taken care of with a little uh murder I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I haven't done anything yet. 
Yeah, I mean, talk me it, out of it. I realize you're probably trying to pivot away from Bant, Bant but I have to <laughs> like my my folks live in North Carolina, and my dad has a running war with a squirrel who's like, how's this for a snapshot of Southern living? There's like a peach tree back there, and this dang squirrel is stealing peaches. Cut to my dad with a pellet gun on the back porch, like just waiting like American sniper for this like um, for this squirrel to show up on the peach tree, and he's gonna put like a just a two millimeters of hot lead into this thing. I don't, I don't know that he's ever succeeded. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting to that point where it's like I'm way into birds, but I want to kill this raccoon. Um, let's talk about last week because, uh, a lot went down and it was only one day of game time. And that day was Thursday, January 22nd. We got through a, we got through a full day. Um, I'm looking at my notes here. Uh, Feyruz, you were interested in looking at that ledger that Carter took from Juju House to see um, if there were any references to Cairo and Egypt based on that thing that you found um, from uh, M. Warren Bassart mentioned the the Street of Jackals. You didn't see any mention of Faraz Najir, but uh, or Najar, but you did see that there was a, a slight uh, connection in that there was mention of deliveries from Cairo, Egypt. Um, Obviously, uh, you spoke with Rebecca Schosenberg at the New York Times, who told you that Millie Adams uh, has gone missing. Um, Vaughn, you then go on to tell Rebecca everything you saw at Juju House, uh, as well as your suspicions about uh, Nakwane, Madare, and Captain Robeson, and that you have evidence to support those suspicions. And so she's ready to go to press, but uh, you know, you all understand that if she were to do that, that it could be very dangerous if Millie Adams was indeed taken by them like any any sort of uh, expose right now could be dangerous to all of you um rebecca herself was worried that maybe she uh, has been seen or marked as well and uh decided to just uh sleep with a gentleman she doesn't really like just so she didn't have to go back to her <laughs> forgot about that little detail um yes uh i mean it's not an, it's who knows maybe she didn't but it, it appeared that that was what she was going to have to do Feyruz uh started digging into the book that you found beneath Juju House, Africa's yes. Dark Sex, uh, the book that Jackson Elias was interested in from Harvard University. You spoke to the librarian there, and the librarian was like, we had a copy of that book, and it mysteriously disappeared. And when it did, we noticed that day that there was this weird smell uh, in the area where that book was. Well, you found the book, and as Feyruz digs into that book, you learn uh, that they're the connect- collected notes of a man named Nigel Blackwell um, who described seeing these otherworldly creatures and cults uh, before clearly devolving into some sort of madness. Well, Feyruz herself, as you're reading this book, you start to lose sanity. You, in fact, lose nine points of sanity. But as your uh, initial reading of this uh, mythos tome begins, you start to gain mythos knowledge and lose maximum sanity in the process something that has already happened to Vaughn um, by just being exposed to some uh, mythos creatures 
Meanwhile, Margot and Carter uh, arrange a meeting with Lieutenant Poole on the west side. Um, you meet him at a diner. Uh, it's pouring rain out, thunder and lightning, um, and you uh, basically share with him uh, all of the stuff that you told Rebecca Schosenberg. Um, you know, you say that Vaughn witnessed an officer likely taking a bribe, that Robeson, uh, that you think that the name in the ledger, WR14, is probably uh, related to Robeson taking money from them. You have a knife, a headband with a mummified tongue on it. Uh, Margot starts showing uh, the pictures that she took and then shows the picture that she found as she was developing with uh, her wearing that mask that you found that you neither took from Juju House or ever put on. In fact, you remember leaving that photo at the hotel. But as you're looking through these photos, there it is again, almost as if this photo that you never took has been following you around. Uh, as Lieutenant Poole is looking at these, uh, this evidence, you can tell that he is starting to crack a little bit because of the things that you are showing him. Uh, but he promises that he is going to take care of this, he, care of, care of this as best he can. He understands the urgency of the situation, but it's very dangerous because that isn't his precinct. He has to kind of go, uh, off the books and do this with two officers that he respects and trusts. And he told you to leave it alone. He's going to go take care of it um, and that he would call you sometime on Friday. Uh, meanwhile, while that conversation's happening, Margot looks outside and sees standing across the street in the rain, a man wearing a trench coat and like a hat covering his face. And you are sure that he is just staring at you standing in the rain. So Margot, you leave the diner. You try to follow this man who's walking towards eighth Avenue. Um, and he goes around the corner. You get to the end of the street and turn and he's gone. You come back to Carter, um, and uh, the two of you take off. Meanwhile, Vaughn calls up the uh, Carlisle estate to try and secure tickets to a gala uh, tomorrow night. You speak to uh, uh, <laughs> Reginald Smythe, uh, who works with the Carlisle Foundation, uh, who tells you there is a gala happening Friday night uh, at the Carlisle estate in Westchester. Uh, it is a, uh, a charity benefit to uh, help orphans from Brooklyn. Uh, specifically, and uh, you bought four tickets that are the uh, modern equivalent of $1,000 each to go attend this gala rather than wait until next week to meet with Erica Carlisle. You're going to go there and see if you can get some FaceTime with her, even though when you spoke to her lawyer, Bradley Gray, um, he was like, she doesn't really want to talk about her brother and, uh, you know, you might want to just leave this alone, but uh, you rolled high enough during your conversation with him that he would at least set up the meeting. You are just going to circumvent that and go to this party. Uh, and then we ended the day back at the Waldorf Astoria, um, Feyruz, you received a message from your father that, uh, Professor Cowles, this visiting professor from Australia who is at Miskatonic University now, who was in New York doing a lecture at NYU that Jackson Elias seemed to be interested in. You tried to get a hold of him, talked to his daughter on the phone. The daughter was not, uh, having it. You went to your dad. Daddy got you the call. Professor Cowles is going to call you on Friday. Meanwhile, Vaughn answers the phone and there's no one on the other line, but you distinctly feel like you hear breathing. And Margot 
goes to the bathroom to kind of shake out this photo that has been following her around that she has no memory of taking. She's looking in the uh, mirror as she's washing her face. She's got the shower running. And suddenly it looks like the shower curtain has begun to breathe. And Margot turns and puts her hand on the curtain. And a hand from the other side starts pushing against hers. So that's where we pick up today. The end of the day on Thursday, January 22nd. I want to direct you to Roll20 real quickly to show you uh, painting. Um, I think this has come up on the network before. Are you familiar with this uh, painting called The Hands Resist Him? No. Uh-uh. No. Just really look at it. Really oh, take it my. in. Who made it? Who's the okay. artist? Um, the artist is not super well known, but there's a uh, his name is Bill Stoneham. Painted this in 1972. What's most uh, known about this portrait is its uh, history is possibly being haunted. Um, you see, there's just a boy standing there. Um, next to what looks like a girl, but as you look closely, you see that it's a doll or a mannequin holding something. Um, and then there, the boy's looking directly at you and behind him is a window or a doorway. And there's just hands in the darkness coming out. And, and that's what I was thinking of as I kept replaying this scene of Margo in the bathroom all week, these hands, uh, pushing against the window. I, I found this, this photo years ago when I stumbled upon like a, a YouTube dive of hidden of uh, haunted paintings and the story goes that this painting was at one time owned by uh the guy that plays he's in the godfather um jack waltz he plays jack waltz the ones like uh he wakes him up with a horse head in his mm. bed uh that actor uh bought this painting for a while uh, had it for a while and then he passed away and the painting just showed up in this couple's house and then it it went to, they were trying to sell it on ebay and there was this whole thing that the painting was haunted that the uh little boy and the doll would leave the painting at night and walk around their house and all oh. sorts of other things that their position would change on the painting from time to time and so it became this uh this urban legend but uh I, I always think of this painting and there have been other versions of it. I don't know if the original artist did it or not, but it's like part two and part three of this painting of the boy as an old man and the doll has gotten older as well. And this, uh, anyways, if you want to deep dive into it, uh, you can look at the hands resist him. No, I'm but, good. But this is, <laughs> Thanks, deep diving. this is the mood you, that I but... want to get you into. It's just haunting the face, his face, what is the doll holding? Some people thought that the doll was holding a, a gun, like threatening the boy. But if you look closely, it's just like a battery with some wires. Right, yeah, some makeshift thing. <laughs> I thought it was like a cup with a twisty straw at first. <laughs> uh, very, very creepy. But as Vaughn is standing there listening into this receiver listening and and perhaps with your listen roll hearing on the other end the slightest sound of breathing we cut back to margo in the bathroom margo you press your hands against this breathing shower curtain and the impression of another hand comes up to push out against yours what do you do 
So, does she feel the pressure of the hand against hers now? Yes. Mm. She tries to hold it and open the curtain. So you try to, like, almost interlace. Uh, like you're not going anywhere fingers. and I'm opening the curtain yeah and you go to grab at something and you feel something resisting against you and you open the curtain and you see the entire tub is full of thick white maggots they are crawling out of the shower head and just plop plop, plop, falling into the curtain. In fact, on the other side of the curtain, you see that they're uh, crawling up and down the entire curtain. Perhaps they were making this hand on the other side, and they are spilling, uh, starting to spill out onto the floor, onto your foot. Give me a sanity roll. Oh, sick. All right, here we go. 59 under 85. You're able to hold it together. But what do you do? I think because of the fact that, like, she's been feeling so, like, so much has happened today, and she's alone in the bathroom, and all this has happened, and she's feeling a little defiant. So she's like, no, I'm opening the curtain, and I'm not going to see anything. Or, show me who you are. What's going on? So she's prepared to maybe see some mess when she opens the, the curtain. But still, when she sees it, it's probably, you know, lizard brain happens, and she stumbles back and screams because maggots um Um, everybody in the room uh you hear that scream coming from the bathroom huh Margo uh Carter runs up knocking on the door are are you okay did you fall in the shower what's going on there's maggots there's maggots everywhere just help okay I'm gonna boil some water (laughs) (laughs) call back yeah. <laughs> I don't think we even have a hot plate in this fucking hotel room. Forget it. <laughs> Shit, I'm sorry. I thought we were in an apartment. Is the door locked? I'm going to try to, like, open. If I locked it, I feel like maybe she would have, so, like, she goes to unlock it and Okay, get out. you yeah. were getting ready to take a shower. The, the steam was coming over the top of the curtain, uh, so you turn to unlock it um, and open it. You guys, what do you do? Stumble in? Yeah, just kind of peek, peek in. What do you say to them, Margaret? I stumble out. I go, the maggots. Oh, gosh, we need to shut the door. She's like, get out, shut the door. Oh. Yeah, uh, that's all gross. Right. And just kind of like, kind of clear away for Margot to come out. And... Do you oh. not... St- Does she still see the magnets? Ma- magnets. The, the magnets. magnets. <laughs> yeah, um, I really kind of like peek in. All right, so Margot, you come rushing out, and you tell them to shut the door, and, and Feyruz, you come up to, to slam the door, but as you do, you look inside, and you don't see anything. As I'm about to, like, shut the door, and I and I kind of, like, peek in, instead of shutting it, I slowly creak it back open, wait for a second, and then I want to take a closer look. So I, I actually do walk in and kind of move the shower curtain. Right, so Margot, you see Feyruz just... Uh, not take heed of your warning and walk in. You move the shower curtain, there's hot water coming down, the room's all steamy, the mirror's all steamed up, uh, and you look inside and it's just uh, an empty tub full of hot water in a steamy room. The Fayers, what are you doing? Uh, uh, I, listen, I, I, 
I, I don't want to say I don't believe you, because I, I do, but I, did, I didn't see anything. What do you mean? They're everywhere, and she peeks well, no, back look. in. There's nothing there. Mark, you step up uh, hesitatingly and look over, and there's nothing there. But... I... <clears throat> and she just kind of trails off. I'll make you a drink. Hold on. We've all... We haven't gotten a lot of sleep. We've all been through a lot. Maybe it's just catching up to us. I want to say that Vaughn maybe set down that the, the receiver for a moment. Right. But, has, but has put it back up. Is the... Is the silence and breath still on the on the line? You put it back up and you just hear. Troy, dial tones are not invented until 1937. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> it's a chorus of young men. <laughs> <laughs> you have reached the chorus hotline. <laughs> Melodious operators. All right. Um, so, yeah, I'll hang that up. I think, yes, yes, we're all, we're all rather on edge. I dare say someone wants to, uh, send us a message that they know where we are. What do you mean? Well, there is no one on the other end of that call except some, barely audible breathing. Well, just now. Just now. At the same time. Yes. Someone so was watching us when we met, met with Poole. Maybe it was them. What? Someone was watching you? you? Yes, there was someone watching us across the streets, and I left to follow them, and I, I lost them. I don't... Carter, you saw them, right? I... I... I didn't. Uh, oh, my gosh! I believe you. I believe you. Listen, I, we've seen a lot of crazy shit, all right? So if you're telling me you saw a guy, you're telling me you saw maggots, I, I think it's possible. I mean, we're all seeing bonkers stuff, except Vaughn. Vaughn, you seem pretty chill. <laughs> Things has been fine for you lately, right? Huh? Oh, yes. Um, uh, I, my, my nerves are quite steady tilling ass. Yes, yes, after, after, after the fright of, um, uh, the past days. But, um, I begin to wonder if we're not safe here. Where would we go? Yes, yes, where, where would we go? Uh, but, but perhaps a, a vigil should be taken up just in case someone attempts to do to us here what, um, happened to the, the, the unfortunate Mr. Elias. Are you suggesting we take turns keeping watch? Or? Yes, yes. I suppose we could do that. Couldn't hurt. Yeah, I think all of you guys are working on about four hours of sleep over the past two days. Uh, so you all have to be pretty punchy. Um, a vigil uh, will you know, is going to reduce all of your overall sleep even more, but this will still be the most sleep in a night any of you have got uh, in a few days. If we do watches, I don't know if we could, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. I was like, yeah, um, I'll take first watch. Uh, or, or, or should we split into two teams? So that, that way, that way if one person falls asleep, the other person can catch them. Or if one person sees maggots and they're not really there. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> Apparently. Yeah. I'll also I'll join him. I my adrenaline is is very high. I I'm, I can't sleep right now. 
Yes, um, you two get some rest, and um, we'll wake you in in several hours, and you'll do likewise, and so we shall pass the night. All right. Good night. Ares <laughs> 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 so um, kind of grabs that the book she was reading because mm-hmm. it has this like pull that she can't like let go of it, and so she's like kind of curled up with it and probably can't fall asleep immediately. Yeah. Kind of yeah, like, it's like uh, a good ghost story. So Carter and Feyruz go to rest. Feyruz clutching Africa's dark sex. A book. Feyruz, are you sure you want to <laughs> spend any time with that thing? I feel like we came in, you were just reading that, and you kind of you know, were a little loopy. We have. See, there's going to be there are secrets in this. Mm-hmm. Secrets, secrets that add up to the secrets that are hidden in this diary. Don't you see? We're going yeah, to I just find don't know out. if you're going to really absorb those by holding it in close to your uh, body. We have came. We've, we've come. We've come too far. We're so close. I can't. I can't let this go because if we lose this, we lose everything. You see. Uh. Okay. That's okay. Have yeah. Just pretend it's like a teddy bear. With... I will find out what's in here, and it will tell us everything we need to know. Wait, are you gonna wait? Are you gonna keep reading it right now? If it calls to me, yes. That's not the response that I was hoping for <laughs> uh, in terms of books. Carter, don't you see? If I if I can unlock what's in this book, then I can unlock what's in this diary and everything that we've done. Maybe it's all. Maybe it's all connected. Oh, uh, oh, oh, okay. All right. Um, and I'm gonna be keeping watch with you later. Is that right? <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. No. This, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow night, I'm going to be the bell of the ball. I know, baby. That's you got it. Let's. Okay. All right. That's um, guys. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Keep uh, whatever rest you can. Until until we wake you, you're in you're in good hands. Yes, good hands, good hands. Um. So for this first shift, uh, what is the general conversation between uh, Vaughn and uh, Margot? Are they even chatting, or are they just trying to do everything they can to stay awake? I think um, Margot has a drink. And she's just maybe sitting nearby, but off to the side. And she's sipping the drink, and just she has the mask, that the gold mask on her lap, and it's just kind of looking down at it. Jeepers. <laughs> oh, Things man. been nothing but trouble since you found it. Because she saw maggots earlier today, and she's maggots when she looks into that. She sees maggots when she dreams, and she's just trying to understand, and she's never put the mask very close to her face but like Feyruz feels a pull and she heard you say that before we split up she's wondering the same thing now like do I feel anything when I look at this is it pulling me yeah, you look I down had the, I had the mask on in, in, in the photo I never put this mask on 
Yeah, so you have this mask that you found uh, underneath de Mendoza's uh, bed in the hotel in Peru. The second mask that you found is this one that was uh, underneath Juju House, but you guys left it there. You never put it on, uh, but you've seen this picture now come uh, show up of you like screaming with this mask, like cage over your head, like the Wicker Man. So you stare down at the eye holes of this mask. It's also like a, it's more like a golden mirror than it is a mask, but it is something you can put on and something you have put on. And as you stare down at the eye holes, you just get flashes of those first images of the stepped pyramid with like a writhing tentacle coming out that burst into maggots. And then of course the, uh, death blood orgy that took place with hundreds of people something that has haunted you yet again when you were watching this from afar and uh, Jackson Elias came up symbol carved into his forehead entrails falling out of his stomach and said and become with me a god and so those images are just replaying as you stare down into the eye holes Vaughn, I imagine you see her lost in gross. Yeah. Um. Brought that all the way from, uh, from Peru, did you? I don't think she hears you at first if you say that quietly. Because you haven't been very, uh, like, showy with having that around for us to see it. Yeah, not really. I feel like you all know that I have it. I did bring it out in mm-hmm. Juju House. I don't think you were there. Yes. Um, Fräulein, Fräulein Sauer? What? I, I, I didn't know that you'd, um, you'd brought uh, a souvenir from our, from our late adventure. Well, yes, it's it's special. It's it's gold. It's treasure. Um. Yeah. Why not bring it everywhere? I suppose there are some who would um, keep such a thing uh, more secure, uh, safekeeping. Um, the safest I, uh... it could be is with me. I don't talk about our experience terribly much, but, um, you remember when we were down there, uh, gave a bit of a plunder to the, to the pyramid, though I believe you found that mask in, um, the, in the, in the hotel. <laughs> but, 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 uh, I, I took, uh, well, while some of the others were rifling through various golden objects, I just took, um, one plump little, uh, little, uh, relic from, from that pyramid. And that uh, little, um, that little Venus, as it were, is uh, currently on my bookshelf back at Eagles Grange. You I, don't I, keep it with you? You don't feel a pull to it after everything we've been through? My memories are enough, I dare say. And she maybe, like, turns away from you and looks back down at the mask. And she, like, says quietly... I still see the pyramids and maggots. <laughs> still see them. Yes. Yes, I, 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 I too. 
have trouble not seeing them. Well, I can see them right now in, in the mask. Inside it? It's a mirror, and if you look at it, it you can see things in it. Fräulein Sauer, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not one of your bohemian sort. You know, I, I don't... <laughs> I, I, when I look at a piece of artwork, I can tell if it's beautiful or not, but I, 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 I confess I have a difficult time seeing into them, as, as those of your particular um, persuasion do, but... Uh, do you mean to tell me you... You actually see things when you put this on? Do oh, you I've put never, it on? I've never put it on, um... I don't know if I should, and I don't know. I don't know where that feeling comes from. But and she points the mirrored side at you, and she goes, "You don't see anything in here." And I, and I reach out and take it, and, and she doesn't let go of it. Okay, so I just have a hand on it, and I'm mm-hmm. looking at its mirrored inner surface. <laughs> Give me a power roll. Oh dear! I'm sure that's your you. best stat. I, I'm sure that you knuckleheads. <laughs> we're in the security detail. Okay, forgot here we go. about that. Sorry, Bahan. Okay. <laughs> um, pow, eh? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh boy, you got it. Huh? What do you know? I made it. Yes. I made it hard. I rolled yes. a fourteen under thirty-five. Oh yeah. God. So you stare at this thing, and you feel immediately the same draw that you saw in Margot as Margot was almost entranced the way she was talking about it. Yes. And you start getting pulled into it as well. And you see a, a scene play out of, like, a hand coming into the frame, and it's your own hand. And then... You look and look and look and realize that you must be in the mirror now, reaching out towards a rock. There's this large red rock, and as your hand gets closer to it, you can feel warmth radiating off of it, Um, heat that as you get closer and closer, starts to almost uh, singe the tips of your fingertips. But you can't stop reaching, and you actually reach out and put your hand on the rock, and it doesn't burn. It just fills you with this warmth that shoots up your arm and into your chest and then down into all of your extremities. And you find yourself in a room that is like lit up by lights that you cannot see the source and you hear a voice calling perhaps your name but in a language you do not speak coming from down and to your left and you look next to this rock that you're touching and you just see a black pit of darkness descending into the earth and some voice within that pit is calling out your name in a tongue that you have never heard, but you are so certain it is your name. What do you do? <gasps> what? Imagine if you failed. 
Oh my yeah, god. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, what do I do? Okay. Um, so, Troy, am I still sort of operating under the, 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 it's reduced, but still somewhat cracked from. Yes, you are. And in game terms, if you were to lose even a point of sanity right now, you would have another bout of madness, uh, as you are currently indefinitely insane. So you're right on that brink. But now you just found you find yourself transported. You look back and you are in a cave or something with these lights, but you don't see the source. Amazing. Amazing. Do you see something? The tomb. Tomb. You, hear rich. you can hear Margo's voice. It sounds like it's a hundred miles away coming from down a cave. Mm-hmm. Into which she goes. They believe that death has triumphed over him. But in three days, he rises again. And when he comes again in glory, as St. John of Patmos swears shall happen, he will call all our names, and we will rise. If we walk among the living, we shall disappear as if a thief in the night has taken us. And if we are dead, we shall rise up. Such arrogance to think that he should speak in a tongue that we would understand, when he shall speak in the language of the angels. And I look down into the pit. And is there a way to go? Like... Oh, yeah. There sure is. (laughs) Calling you from somewhere deep within. And, uh, yeah, I, I follow the voice. You descend into this darkness, and the room that you are in, touching that large rock, the light of that room, almost immediately winks out, and you are just bathed in pure, unfathomable darkness. And that voice is still calling you from somewhere deep within, but that sound starts to get drowned out by another sound that's like a scraping, like a... It should, it should be fearful. There is a fear, fear, when we attend to things of the divine, and yes, it says that the Almighty dwells in light, but also in darkness. That those who behold Him see Him shrouded in clouds of impenetrable dark. For the human mind is not made to be- made to behold His glory. I am here. I am here. And you walk towards that sound, and you start to see something in the distance. Your eyes start to adjust to the darkness, and you see a small figure, and it looks like it's painting something. 
and you look as you get closer and you see that there is indeed a painting that this person is etching on a canvas. And so you move closer and closer and you start to see that the painting is that of a serpent with your face on it. But when you get right up within like 10, 15 feet of it, the artist stops and just turns at you. But instead of a head, there is just a galaxy of stars and you're just thrown back into the Waldorf Astoria with Margo. Did you see angels? <laughs> you said. I think a little fire is starting because the cigarette has fallen out of my hand and like the, there's like smoke rising from the carpet. Yeah. Is this provoke sanity or no? Does the I'm power... going to need a sanity oh. roll, yes. Yeah. Really? Why? Why did you I, say I, that? You offer it up to him. Too much just happened to him. I don't um, want to. Oh God! Oh, okay. No. Well, a forty-three would be a pretty reasonably good roll if my sanity wasn't currently at twenty-seven. Yeah, oh. never stood a chance. What did that hard success even do? Oh my God, what would have happened <laughs> if, I, if my head just have exploded? Okay. Um, um, yeah. Uh, did yeah. I see angels? Hey, guys. <laughs> she, he's not answering, maybe, and she's just, like, looking deep in his eyes and waiting for a response or anything. You're only going to take one point of sanity loss from that failure. Were, you succeeded on the power roll. Unfortunately, in your state, that is enough to provoke uh, about. And I'm going to say that this results in um, Vaughn getting uh, unnaturally violent all of a sudden. doesn't okay. have to be with someone. It could be, but how does that manifest to you? Violent. She's also still holding on to the mask with you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, oh my God, so the last thing, I, like, reached through it, and you just saw me, like, holding on to it, for maybe for just for a split second, and then... <gasps> Angels. Yes. Serpent. I cursed the serpent to crawl on its belly that thou shouldst eat dust all the days of thy life and I shall place an enmity between your children and the serpent your son will bruise his head and his head shall bruise his heel and Vaughn is taking bullets out of the pistol that he had to uh, um, guard the uh, um uh, the door with you, and he's taking out five of the bullets. Oh, what are you doing? Did... The angels have shown me that there is a part of me that is still the serpent. 
I don't think we saw the same thing. I don't think anything in here is real. That there is a part of me that must be purged away. And she and he places grabs, the gun to his forehead. She grabs it away and it's pulls quite it away. Right. It's quite all right. Fraulein no. Sauer, even if the flesh perishes, I shall return. But and we he's, need he's you pulling here. against you. We mm-hmm. need you here this mm-hmm. way. Maybe if you come back, it's you won't be the same. And we oh. don't know what that will be. Uh, better or worse, not the same. You, we need you this way. We need Margo. you. Margot Sauer, if I return, I shall not be the same. I am counting on it. That's not what I meant. No. <laughs> Margo, what is your strength? Not as good as his. Um, <laughs> it's 35. 35? Uh, all right, and Vaughn, what is yours? 70. Okay, give me an opposed strength roll here. Yeah. Uh, both of you roll uh, against strength, and let's see what happens. What'd you I get? failed. I rolled, I got an, a- I rolled an 86. I got a 12 under 35, so I had a hard success. So tell me what you want to do here. Take Um, the gun away? I thought maybe reasoning would help, and it's not, so I put all my might into it to pull it away, and I get louder, too, hoping to wake everyone else up just in case, because I know he's stronger um, if he has all his wits about him. Uh, So, yeah, I, I pull it away, and I try to take it out of his hand so he's not holding it. I love this. So what I'm going to do is fast forward through this scene here. It's like you grab it. You're able to turn it away from him. And, and, uh, Ross, you have, Vaughn has lost control here at this point. He's lost, he's no longer driving the car. And so you start yelling loud enough that it wakes up Carter and Feyruz. Feyruz, you probably, you guys probably were just getting uh, into REM sleep and you come out and we just see this struggle ensue where you're trying to hold Vaughn down and Mario's got the gun and Vaughn's just yelling and it's a whole scene. And we black out at this moment. You don't understand. I'll come back. Oh, damn you all. Just trying to get some sleep. God damn it. <laughs> and the next moment, we hear a phone ring in the darkness. And eyes open up. And it's Feyruz. And it's morning. What do you do? No, oh no, oh no, I just like, I, I'll pick up the phone. Hello? Now let's take a quick word from our sponsors. Can you believe we're almost an hour into the show and we haven't done our luck roll yet? Let's see if anyone's luck improved. <sighs> guys are due. You're going to need this luck. Can't stress that enough. This is really going to come in handy. Wouldn't have come in handy in that opposed roll because I read this morning can't use luck in opposed roll. Uh, any improve people? Anybody fail? Oh, I get above or below? I can't. I can you want to fail this? Oh nope. I got a forty-four over thirty-eight. I just made it. Ooh! All right, give yourself a D ten. I think you're the only one, right? Only I got four. a ninety-nine. Oh, ninety-nine! Hell yeah! Nice. Boom! I got seven. Beautiful. The phone rings. Uh, you look over at the uh, clock. It's uh, 9.30 in the morning. Um, I imagine uh, after this uh, tussle with uh, Vaughn, 
that the original plan sort of went out the window and you did your best to kind of scrape together to keep some sort of watch while Vaughn obviously needed maybe perhaps some more sedatives uh, to calm him down. But the phone rings and it wakes you up uh, and uh, favors you look around and everyone's asleep in various places throughout the room. Uh, everyone look alive? <laughs> huh? Yeah, everyone looks alive. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were I saying, everyone, look alive. No, no they're oh. not alive. <laughs> uh, you hear a voice Hello? on the other end. Um, Hello, uh, can I speak to Feyre's Gibran? Speaking. <laughs> really don't want to do this accent, but let's try. Um, uh, yes, I was told to call you. My name is Anthony Dimsdale Cowles. I'm the uh, professor of anthropology at Miskatonic University. I was told by my superiors to give you a ring at this number. Oh, yes, thank you so much for calling me back. Um, as Nora, not Feyre's, looks through her notes to remember why she wanted to talk to him in the first place. <laughs> yeah, this was the guy who was uh, an Australian guy currently lecturing at Miskatonic, um, and... You found a brochure for a lecture he was doing at NYU that Jackson was interested in. Um, if you once again look at your uh, your notes, you'll right? find a flyer. The Cult of, tonight only, The Cult of Darkness in Polynesia in the Southwest Pacific. A two-hour lecture with slides de- delivered by Professor Anthony Cowles, PhD of the University of Sydney, Australia, and presently the Locksley Fellow of Polynesian Esoterica at Miskatonic University in Arkham. Shyla Hall, New York University, 8 p.m. So Jackson was interested in that. You tried to get a hold of him and spoke to his daughter, who was like, nope. And so your daddy made it happen. Oh, yes, hello. I understand you spoke to my daughter, you, yesterday. I hope she didn't give you too much of an odd time. Uh, well, it's it's quite understandable. I, I appreciate your phone call. I understand you're a very busy man. Uh, so I, I understand completely uh, how she would be screening your phone calls. But I, I very much appreciate you calling me back. I did have uh, some questions for you, if you could, if you would be so kind as to uh, help me, help and help my friends in a, in a little bit of a matter that we were trying to um, gain more clarity on. Yes, I'm sorry. Did I call you too early in the morning? You sound a little tired. Uh, no, 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 no. I, I, I do appreciate you calling me back. Um, were you uh, associates or, or friends with a, a Mr. Jackson Elias by any chance? Jackson Elias? Well, I knew the name, uh, but I didn't know Mr. Elias personally. I'm, I'm aware of his writing. Um, in fact, I read uh, some of his work in Polynesia, New Zealand. Uh, if you told me some of the titles of his books, I'm sure I could drum up some of the details. But uh, but no, I never met the man in person. Well, I'm very interested <laughs> in your research. And I just had any questions of... Did you find anything unusual? I don't. I, I, I do apologize. I don't even know if this is if a phone call is the right. Pharaoh's God, we're this. trying to sleep. And I, Jesus. And as Carter is saying this, I literally kick him awake. Wow! Wow! What? God! And I'm just. Is Vaughn trying I, to kill himself? While again? I, as I'm on the phone, I'm like gently nudging everybody else. 
and I'm like mouthing um, to everyone as I'm speaking, but I'm doing it silently that that I'm speaking with uh, Professor Cowell. Oh, uh, with the Professor Cowell. Uh, I'm a Aussie guy. Uh, Mr. Brown, I'm I'm sorry. I'm uh, you know I'm happy to take this call. Uh, clearly, you've got some powerful connections here at the university, but I'm um, just not sure what it is you're looking for. Um, like I said, I never met uh, Mr. Elias. Um, well, he's been murdered. What's that now? And it has to do with something he's been researching. Murdered. How, what, what happened? When did this happen? Well, fairly recently. Well, I'm, I'm so and sorry I'm, to hear of your of your loss. He was a friend of yours. Yes, very interested in your work. In my work, he was in a, based out of New York, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Well, I was just and in New the- York, uh, not but uh, a month ago, doing a lecture at NYU. Were you? Did you happen to? Uh, catch any of the uh, special areas of, of New York that, that might be useful to your research? Uh, no, I was just uh, asked to do a lecture, and so I went and I did the lecture. I saw the Statue of Liberty, and then I, uh, I had a corned beef on rye, and I came home the next day. Jesus My daughter, she, she misses me now that her mother's passed, and so I didn't want to be away for too long. Ask him, uh, ask him about the ask him about the cult of the bloody, the bloody whatever. tongue. The bloody tongue. Yeah, ask him about the cult of the bloody tongue. All right, all right, all right, all right. I'm, I'm leading up to it. <laughs> well, you woke us up. <laughs> you overslept. It's your fault. <laughs> I'm like not taking responsibility for any of this. Listen, I'm going to have to cut to the chase here. I do believe that Mr. Elias's research has led him to his untimely death, and I wanted to know if in any of your research you've heard of this uh, cult of the bloody tongue. Cult of the bloody tongue? It sounds familiar, but um, that's not what what uh, what I've been uh, focusing on, as it were. There are cults that I have been uh, researching. In fact, the uh, it was one of the reasons I was in New York. I was talking about uh, my more recent research that I've been doing, Bloody Tongue, but now you've got me interested. Hold on, let me get a pen here. Cult of the Bloody Tongue. You think this had something to do with Mr. Elias's death? I do. And may I ask, who was it that actually invited you to give that lecture? Oh, it was um, the it was part of my fellowship here at Miskatonic. A friend of a friend at NYU asked me to come and give the lecture. Um... I mean... I do study at Miskatonic University. Who might this person be? You study at Miskatonic too? What are you doing in New York? You should be in class, young lady. Right. Well, you see, I'm doing a bit of research myself now, given the recent circumstances. Well, listen, I I can tell that you're, um, you're a smart cookie. Let me tell you what I know, and uh, maybe it'll be helpful to you. Maybe it won't. Um, but uh, as I mentioned, you've got some powerful friends here, and I don't want to uh, get in trouble for not helping you out. You mentioned a cult. Well, this is part of the reason that I came to NYU was to talk about cults. Now, what I'm about to tell you might sound quite strange. If you're uh, sitting in a lecture hall, it might sound weird, but over the phone it's going to sound even stranger. Frankly, the first time I started looking into this, it made me laugh. Sometimes I uh, 
I'll still catch myself laughing. How so? Well, once you start to believe all of this, laughter is uh, both a defense and the first sign that you're no longer the one behind the wheel, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I wish I could share your humorous insight into all of this, but I can assure you that given the things that I've seen and given the things that have happened in the past few weeks, I am not laughing. Good. I hope it keeps that way for you. You mentioned this cult of the bloody tongue. I'm going to have to look into that. But the cult that I was interested in and speaking about at NYU was a bat cult that existed cult. among the aboriginal people of Australia long, long ago. It was known across the entire continent. And the god of that cult was known as the father of all bats. Now, Did you say feather? Father of all bats. Father, the yes. father of all bats. I understand now. I'm looking forward to having this role-playing be done with, because I don't do a very good Australian accent. It's the father of all bats. Now, May I ask? Yes. Oh, please, no, please continue. I did not mean to. It's 11 p.m. here. I've please. been drinking. Now... Actually, no, I'm in, I'm not in Australia, I'm in Boston. It's the same time. Why did I call you so early? Anyways, the adherents of this cult from long, long ago, they believed that by making human sacrifices to their god, they themselves would become worthy enough that one day this father of all bats would come and appear to them. Once he was enticed to appear, this god would conquer all men. That's what they believed. I see. Yes. So, apparently, according to legend, uh, these human sacrifices were gathered and run through a gauntlet of worshippers who, who struck the victims with clubs that were embedded with the sharp teeth of bats. Now, if that wasn't bad enough, the teeth were coated with a fast-acting poison somehow uh, derived from fermented bat droppings. So these victims apparently went mad long before they died from the trauma of being beat to death by sharp clubs. Now, it was said that the leaders of the cult reputedly could take the forms of bat-winged snakes, enabling them to fly through the sky and steal sacrifices from all across the land. Now, you have to understand, my dear, these are just legends among most people. But I believe that this cult did exist and became dormant or even extinct hundreds of years ago. In fact, its former existence is the reason that I became uh, interested in Jackson Elias's uh, books about present-day cults. Do you think that this cult may have spread on to other regions? Well, perhaps. But more importantly, I think that cult's still operating today. Really? Now, this poison that you say, does it have a specific color, a specific odor? A name. Well, Are you aware of its contents, its compound? These were just stories, like reading something out of the Bible. You know, it, it, no one really takes it as fact. But yes. there's no way of knowing if uh, what the color was. That's not really the point here, Miss Gibron. Let me tell you. I there, know that the questions I have might seem a little cryptic, but I have one last one for you. Yes. If there is any mention in your research of maggots... No, no maggots. Mostly bat. Bat-related stuff. Guano, poison, clubs. But let me tell you this. 
There was this aboriginal song cycle that mentioned a place uh, where enormous beings gathered somewhere in the west of Australia. Now, the songs would say that these gods, who are not at all like men, built great sleeping walls and dug great caves. But then one day, living winds came and, and blew down the gods and overthrew them, destroying their camp. And when this happened, the way the songs go, that opened the way for the father of all bats who came into the land and grew strong without the opposition of these gods. Now, if you were there at the lecture, you would have seen these four overexposed slides that I brought. Glass slides that came into my possession from a mining engineer by the name of Robert McKenzie from Port Hedland, Australia. Mr. McKenzie was the estate executor of a man named Arthur McWhirr, and these plates belonged to him. Now, Mackenzie knew of my research and brought them to me along with McWhirr's diary. McWhirr was part of an expedition recently, only a few years ago, part of this party that discovered something that apparently led to their entire demise. Might I wish you were here. I would show you these slides. Might this be the Carlisle Expedition? Carlisle Expedition? No. But as you mentioned it, I've heard of the Carlisle Expedition. Very similar uh, circumstances. Um... Whole party wiped out. Uh, these slides in the diary that came back to me, if you look at them, you would see a, there's a bunch of sweating men standing besides enormous blocks of stone. These stones are pitted and eroded, but clearly uh, dressed and formed for architectural purposes. You can even see dim carvings decorating some of them, and there's billows of sand everywhere. These were the men from Arthur McWhirr's expedition party. And in his diary, McWhirr recorded several attacks on his party by aboriginals. And all of the victims' bodies, according to the diary, had small punctures on them, reminiscent of the earlier bat cult. Now, Arthur McWhirr wrote that diary in 1921. I believe that the slide showed the discovery of the site with the great sleeping walls and caves that were built by these enormous beings mentioned in the Aboriginal song cycles, and that the death of the potty by way of these small puncture wounds showed that this cult of the sandbat is still alive and well. Now, when you say puncture wounds, are these the classic two-fanged puncture wounds, or does it take on a different shape, perhaps a round one? According to McWhirr's diary, they were loaded with him, like they were struck with something, repeatedly, just like the legends say from hundreds of years ago. And these human sacrifices that you speak of, that you've studied yourself, did they include disembowelment? Disembowelment? I didn't see anything in, in uh, in the diary about that. I wish I had it on me still. I could uh, look it up for you right now, but it's back home in Australia. Might that be something that I could borrow through the university, of course? Well, it's like I said, it's back home in Sydney. You, uh, If you're ever in Australia, uh, you can uh, talk to my friend David Doge. He's looking over my estate while I'm away here at Miskatonic. Um, but my daughter and I will be here in Arkham for the next seven uh, months. If, you, if you're ever in Australia, I'm happy to provide a little of introduction to David, uh, to Robert McKenzie as well, for what it's worth. But sounds like you've got your hands full stateside. Let, let me ask you this. You're so interested in my work. Uh, was Mr. Elias interested in my work as well? Oh, absolutely. As hmm. he was studying cults himself, though not in that region. That's what I know of as, uh, that is. 
Have you ever studied myths, Mr. Brown? I have. I'm assuming a favorite would have absolutely been oh, yeah. myths and myths. Why? Why? Yes, of course. I've always loved myths. Even as a boy, I liked hearing about Zeus and Hera, Achilles and Athena. But I knew them just to be stories, right? Allegories. Well, but there's always some sort of truth within them, isn't there? There is indeed, and as I've gotten older, I've come to believe that perhaps they were true. There's this myth that I heard. It's a tale I collected while traveling near the Arthur Sea in northern Australia. This tale goes that the sand bat, or the uh, father of all bats, once had a, a battle of wits with the rainbow snake. The rainbow snake was this aboriginal deification of water and the patron of life. Well, Rainbow Snake succeeded in tricking and trapping Sandbat and his clan in the depths of a watery place from which Sandbat can only complain and is unable to return to trouble the people. But what if, Mr. Braun, that Rainbow Snake existed? And what if this father of all bats existed as well? And what if the father of all bats got out? If you were to read this diary, that wouldn't sound so crazy. Well, I should love to get my hands on this diary and read it, but I can tell you, Mr. Cowell, Professor Cowell, that if you had told me all this Dr. a few years Cowell, ago... Dr. Cowell, actually, I'm a Dr. PhD. Dr. Cowell, yes. If you had told me a few years ago, Dr. Cowell, that all of this you believe to be true, I would have laughed and had some unkind words for you. But I could assure you now given what I have experienced and given what I have read. Perhaps you're correct. I've studied these myths and stories for a long time. It wasn't until I came upon McWhirr's diary and these plates that I started to put two and two together that maybe this cult is alive and well again. Something about reading this diary, though, shook me in ways that I can't even explain. But uh, hopefully you'll be uh, careful in your studies as well. You said these gods west of Australia. Where do you believe that to be? Ah, not sure. It was my thesis that got me this uh, fellowship here at Miskatonic. I'm sure once I get back home, I'll be right back out on the road, digging my hands in the sand and doing my research the old-fashioned way. Right. I don't know if you know this, but I'm Australian, if you couldn't tell from my amazing Australian accent. This guy just sounds like he's pointing at various creatures and looking into a camera talking about nature. <laughs> because I do have the phone held out yeah. to all of our ears. Good kind of God. Pressed. Was this helpful at all, Mrs. Brown? I believe it might be. And do keep in touch because I do think that in the future, perhaps my research and your research, perhaps we could help each other. Oh, I would like that indeed. And I'll be looking into this cult of the bloody tongue. Um, if you're ever back here at Miskatonic, uh, make sure you stop by. Like I said, I'll be here for another seven months. And I'd be happy to show you these slides. I do have those in my possession, but I wish I had that diary. Is there any way that you can have it shipped to you? No. <laughs> no, I wouldn't trust the post to send it all the way over here. It's too valuable to my research. Wouldn't want to get into the wrong hands, Mr. Braun, if you know what I mean. Quite understandable. Well, thank you so much for your help, sir. Of course. Of course. Oh, uh, well, one more thing, Mr. Braun. Uh, 
This might seem out of left field, but now you've got me uh, all worked up here in the morning. I think I'm going to go hit the library and start looking into this cult of the bloody tongue. But <laughs> well, if, you, if, you, if you've been with me this far, maybe this won't sound that crazy. But have you ever heard of Cthulhu and the lost city of Relay? I don't believe I have. Oh. How do you spell that? Cthulhu? That's C-T-H. Yes. As I take out a pen and I write it on Carter's arm. <laughs> oh, hey, 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 ow, that's a fountain pen. And Relay is R-apostrophe-L-Y-E-H. Ah. The reason I bring it up is uh, there's a disturbing amount of parallels between this sandbat and Cthulhu. Some Polynesian legends discuss them also, although the tales are different. Have you ever heard of the Ponape scriptures? No, I don't believe I have. Oh, well, it's for the best. It's a disturbing and disgusting tome. The University of Sydney only had one copy, and I got a hold of it once and dove in during my research. I blinked, and all of a sudden it was one in the morning. Must have been there for hours. I lost time. I don't even remember half that time I spent reading that book. Eventually, I returned it, but I kept dreaming about this book, almost as if it was calling to me when I was away from it. I tried to check it out again just to kind of expiate this feeling I was having, but apparently it was lent out to someone from Boston, Massachusetts, and never returned. Anyway, that's not important. The important thing is, this: these, these Ponape scriptures is where I first learned about the Cthulhu mythos. My mind's never been right since. At least that's what my wife would always tell me before she passed. All of this is to say, just be careful what you go digging into. Mm-hmm. Well, sound advice, and thank you for that, but then I know I probably shouldn't be asking this, but if I were to try to find the parallels between what's happening here and what's happening with this Cthulhu that you speak of, where would I go looking? Well, I would uh, head to a really good library. I know Miskatonic's got one hell of a library in Harvard. Can't go wrong once you return to Massachusetts. There's no good libraries in New York. Well, I don't disagree with you on that. I find that... Well, I have this suspicion that there is some common thread between the things that you have seen and researched, the things that I have seen, and that has come to pass in the last few weeks here. And this Cthulhu you speak of, perhaps. If gods and monsters do exist, who's to say that they are confined to one region? Well, I agree with that. As the old saying goes, there's... More things in heaven and earth that are dreamed of in our philosophy now, isn't there, Mr. Braun? You're quite right. I'm going to go have some Vegemite and coffee. I'm sorry, what is that? Gotta go! (laughs) (laughs) Um, Be sure to bully someone into making me call you again. Yes, don't be a stranger. Ta-ta, good day, crikey. (laughs) And he hangs up. 
Well, that guy sounded positively Australian. <laughs> if there's one you know, thing you can say about him. Wow. Um, I wouldn't I, think there was a time difference because he seemed to have way more energy than I do at this time of the morning. <laughs> but did you wait on uh, Karcher's arm as Kazulu? I don't know, but according to, to Professor Cowell, that, or Dr. Cowell, now he has me correcting myself, according to him, there, there's, there's, a, there's some commonality in these cults that have to that somehow have to do with this though I've never heard of it myself Cthulhu Riley? I don't know what that second word means but Miskatonic University apparently their library should have some sort of information on this highly doubt we'll find anything here I'm just sick and tired of fucking cults man this is getting ridiculous. There are too many. I'm up to my tits and cults. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> All right. Be that as it may, our friend is dead. And we have one person, uh, um, my, my mind is blanking, who is, we're trying to prevent from getting the death penalty and his wife now is missing and we have to go to a party tonight (laughs) but a party is not for socializing no of course not no Um, you're safe with information Vaughn hey Vaughn is he awake and if you look over at Vaughn you can see that his eyes are just kind of a little bit open and he's just kind of regarding you yeah, I did nudge everybody, although I kicked you, yeah, thanks. <laughs> Carter. Um, hmm? What's that ceiling has? Hey, hey, buddy. Unfortunately, Dr. Cowell's cult that he studies is not what any, not like anything we've seen, although he mentioned strange god with bat wings on a snake body, whatever that means. Here's the thing with Australians. They're the descendants of a prison colony. They can't be trusted, and I feel like it has nothing to do with what we're doing right now. Right? I mean, am I crazy? Am I the only one who just hates Australians? I feel like this puzzle that we're trying to piece together, the board just gets larger and larger. Mm-hmm. That is making it a progress. Just another pain in the ass. Yeah, why was Jackson interested in this? I mean, it seems pretty obvious. This is right up Jackson's alley. It's almost mm-hmm. very similar to what he told you when you first spoke to him in Peru about a, a uh, you know, this myth of vampires, Kari Siri, that everyone's like, yeah. ah, they don't exist. Uh, and he's like, no, I think there was a cult that existed that has lived on to the present day. Well, it's a very similar story, this cult yeah, of the sandbag. Yeah, a benevolent deity that, got, that trapped this evil one underground. Uh-huh, mm-hmm. a little they trickster. All, the they all have different I gods. Know. They all have different zombies. I don't know. But there <laughs> seems to be this commonality of resurrecting these gods from whence they've been slumbering. Mm-hmm. Yes. I just feel like they could have used another vowel or two in this Cthulhu thing. I mean, C-T-A, I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah, it's almost, oh, she's just like, it's almost like German. Oh, sorry. Because <laughs> I can't say Cthulhu. <laughs> what a ridiculous, that's never going to stick. Come, come, Tillinghast, there are languages that are made to be spoken with 
in human mouths. Hey, buddy. <laughs> um, how you feeling, Vaughn? <clears throat> you seem good. Yes. Mr. Braun, did you say that this chap, um, was speaking of serpents with the heads a of serpent men? god with the wings of a bat. Ah. You see Margot like, father of all bats. Pick staying on the rainbow snake, Ray. Troy, yeah. Troy, is there a way? What happened? I mean, we cut to black. <laughs> I want to know how we sub- subdued. Am I like Vaughn? tied to a chair or something? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, in 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 Paint game terms, uh, Vaughn would be the only one that would have no memory of it. Um, okay. Uh, in fact, once you have a, a bout of madness, usually you just completely forget, and then we fast forward in time, and Vaughn wakes up and doesn't remember anything. So that's really okay. what happened. I imagine uh, what happened is what you guys decide happened. I think that once Margot got that gun away and woke you up, it was just like a dog pile, <laughs> maybe a sedative needle, and then. You know, you were okay. just all riled up, and then eventually all passed out. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, hmm. serpent bat. Yes, rainbow snake. I haven't read um, through this whole book yet. Yeah. Perhaps there's some other. Maybe there's some mention of it. Maybe there's mention of maggots. I feel like um, let's just assume that there is. I don't feel like you really need to really peruse. Of course we have to peruse. What what else are we doing here? What's our purpose, Carter? I walked in here. You were nose deep in that book, and you were bibble babbling, and you got Vaughn all riled up, and I'm tired of people looking at things that that they shouldn't be looking at. If it's a mask or if it's a book, just everyone stop looking at shit. (laughs) All right? Everyone just close their eyes. Close their eyes real hard. If you close your eyes... You're not gonna see anything. When I close my eyes, all I see is maggots. Carter, why are you here? Okay, don't close your eyes. That's fine. I'm just sick and tired of everyone fucking losing their shit. You're making me lose my shit. Just can we not? Can we not just? Can we not just save Hilton Adams? Can we just save this man's life? Maybe we find Millie Adams. That would Adams, be a nice plus. My God, did did Pool? It was Pool successful in his uh, in his raid. I don't know. I gave him my uh, the handwritten card for Mystery Squad. He has yet to call the number. W- wasn't he supposed to <laughs> uh, call us? Um, perhaps, perhaps, what perhaps. What time is it? What time is it? Maybe we have a AM. message. Yeah, can we call the precinct? Uh, the, the, yeah, let's the, call him up. His precinct and see if he's... Uh, if you call down the desk, you have no message. Uh, give a call to the precinct. Uh, Chelsea. Who's, who's on the phone? We're all on the phone. <laughs> yeah, everyone's like, mm. <laughs> One word at a time. Let's go. I'm not on the phone this time. Hello? Okay. I hand the phone over to Yeah, hi, hi. Uh, uh, is, is, is Professor, is uh, Lieutenant Poole there? Uh, can I ask who's calling? Yes, Carter Tillinghast of the Mystery Squad. Uh, is, that our, like, is that our name now? Oh, yeah. Hold on just a sec. Carter takes a pen and writes it on Feyruz's arm. Mystery <laughs> Squad. That's what it feels like. <laughs> that hurt. What the fuck? Yeah, exactly. It's a fountain pen. It's like you tattooed me. Voice comes back on. Sorry, what'd you say your name was? Uh, Carter Tillinghast? Carter Tillinghast of the Gloucester Tillinghast. The Gloucester Tillinghast. Um, Massachusetts. He's not available right now. Uh, can I take a message? Has he been in at all today? What is uh, What is this about, sir? Police business. Are you an officer? You would have uh, identified yourself as One such. would say that I am an investigator, yes. Uh, 
Do you want me to leave a message? Uh, yes, please. Call uh, Carter Tillinghast, and he knows uh, where to find us. All right. And, and where would that be? He knows. All right, sir. You have a good day. Yeah. What was your name again, sir? Click. Motherfucker. He clicked me. Guys, I got a bad feeling about pool. Should we go to the Juju house? On oh, the way to shopping? I don't know. I just know that the authorities are probably not the best allies at the moment. We don't know how deep the 14th Precinct's conspiracy goes. He's, um... Um... Dear but you God, do need to prepare ourselves for tonight. Poole said he was going there last night, yes? He seemed to, uh... Bringing can, two of his best men? He talked about these two guys he was going to contact. I don't know when... I don't remember him saying when he was going to go. Do you, Margo? I don't remember a specific timeline. Was it implied um, that he was going there then, or...? At first, he was kind of noncommittal about it, and then you pushed and say, like, there's a woman missing, and she yeah, could we very well be shit, in danger. Yeah. And he was like, all right, all right, I'll see what I can do. I'm going to get my best men, but it was... You weren't quite sure what he was able to do because he's going off the books and into a precinct that isn't his. Uh, there's a lot of risk there, so you just don't know. But he did say he would call you today. Okay. All right. Well, I've got it on good. There's a good source inside my mind that says he was going to call today. So, I mean, shit, guys, what do we do? I mean, Millie, I mean, uh, Millie Adams is missing. Well, if we're going to this uh, function tonight, I need a different outfit for sure. What day is it again, Troy? Is it Friday? It's Friday, January 23rd. And Saturday is the moon business, right? <laughs> right. Saturday into Sunday is the uh, the dark of the moon. All right. Tomorrow. Well, we should definitely, yeah. I mean, Night. we got to go to this party because it's going to be rocking. Well, if you place, uh, if we place like our a... faith in those authorities, yes? I don't know that that's... We've been trying with no luck. Yes. I don't even know who we could trust anymore. This feels real helpless. Schosenberg, I mean, we could check in with her again. Yes. I do have faith in her. Yeah, as far she's, as the authorities go, I don't know. Schosenberg's in a bit of a holding pattern, waiting to see what's going on because she doesn't want to expose you, herself, or Millie. Um, Poole is kind of like your your last hope in a way and then whatever you discover at this uh, gala tonight if you're able to get some one-on-one time with Erica Carlisle but that meeting is really to I mean I don't know what your plan is there maybe find more out about Roger Carlisle that's more about the expedition that's a more broad exploratory thing I I mean I I do want to go to this party but it's also like it's so um not the pressing. <laughs> it kind of doesn't. I don't think there's any way the party's going to help exonerate Hilton Adams or save mm-hmm. Millie Adams' life. But you're torn maybe, in so many directions because not. you've got Jackson's dying wish for you, which would yes. involve this, and then you've got these other pressing things that you kind of feel helpless over at this point. Yeah. Yes. I do know that at this function, you could try to see try to gather the names of the people on the Carlisle expedition and think we could track them down because somebody has to still be alive. Yes. Guys, somebody has to know something. Perhaps, perhaps. 
in this, uh, in this city, in this system of ours, um, there are a few things that hold sway more than, um, more than prestige and wealth. And, um, perhaps if we can get on the Carlyle's good side, if they can put in a word for Mr. Adams with the authorities, if they can see an, an, an investigation opened up. Possibly. Yeah. Perhaps they could what go the over Robeson's head in some mm-hmm. way. With That's a mayor a or some a distinct possibility. Rich people can do whatever they want. I have Why found that to be often the case in my, my own, my own uh, life. I, I, I don't see a motive for them to do so at this point, but... No. I'm well, if willing we get, to try if we talk to, we can. If we talk to Erica Carlisle and we say, look, what happened to your brother could be happening right now to people in this city. Yes. Right? Like, there's a connection between what happened to him and what's going on right here. You, can, you have a chance to stop this. You have a chance to prevent something from happening to other people. This, you know, what happened to your brother could be happening to other people right now, and we can stop it. And I'm sure she'd want to know exactly what happened to her brother. Plus, we got that info, right? Mm-hmm. The other idea I had was that we call, that <laughs> we call the fire department and say there's a fire in Juju House. <laughs> and we get them to fucking storm in there. Because <laughs> they're not on the take. They're the fire department. Yes, in the basement. <laughs> yeah. We could start a fire outside of Jujuels. That might then, be a little much. I don't know how to really contain a fire. I'd re- feel real bad if it, you know, took over all of Harlem. That would suck. That is true. But if they do, let's say that they do, we, we do fire or not. The department is called and they show up and they find the mess that, that we all saw and were, were a part of. Mm-hmm. And then what then? They, they, they contact the authorities and they cover it up. Yeah, that's a good point. I'm just worried they about where Millie Adams is. I just don't know who to trust anymore. I don't. Whatever s- it is. It seems I- to me that uh, the paths that lay, the, the distinct paths that lay open before us are to um, either return once again to that damnable curio shop <sighs> and see if um, Pool has been successful. If anything has changed, and seek to see if the unfortunate Mrs. Adams has been... Do you think... Has been, uh... Do you think we can go over on the new moon and maybe catch them in the act? I mean, that's the last resort. I feel like that's... If we haven't heard from anybody, you know, by that point, we gotta go back over there. Yes, they, they know that someone's been... Uh, lurking about the place that somebody's broken in. I made quite a hash of their door, but, um, and then I, and I, and I saw, um, who I think was Silas Nkwane, uh, uh, running to, to fetch reinforcements when I, when I, when I, when I came down there to, uh, to find you lot and everything becomes rather a blur after that. But, um, the, uh, perhaps, yes, if, we were to catch them in the act of whatever it is they do on the dark of the moon. It'll be dangerous, but at least we know what we're up against now. Yeah, so let's try, we'll try to get on Millie's good, I mean, not Millie, uh, what's her name? Erica? Try to get on Erica's good side. Look, rich people, they might not even have to go to the cops, they got their own people. You know what I mean? Like, muscle. Maybe. Uh, And if she doesn't cooperate? 
Then tomorrow night we go to Juju House. Yes, perhaps it's my sense of repulsion at returning to that place, but I'd much rather spend tonight, um, anywhere else. Yeah. Well, the good <laughs> news is tonight we got a party. Tomorrow night we might die. If we are not successful with Erica Carlisle, I think we should take the opportunity to at least look for that safe. Mm-hmm. While there. Yep. Exactly. We're going to do a little splitsies. Yes, I'm, uh, uh, I'll, uh, not, not to, uh, speak offensively, but they're, 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 as, as horrid as it is to speak about, there are certain stratifications of class, and, um, I suppose it, it, it would perhaps be in the best interest if, uh, for me to do the talking with, uh, Miss Carlyle, perhaps? Maybe Unless, of course, she has a, an interest in, um, in matters academic, in which case, perhaps you should, Miss Ron. Well, or the two of she's us, a collector of art. If the two of us maybe chat up Miss Carlyle, if it comes down to us having to look for the safe ourselves, perhaps that Carter and, uh, and, and Margot, you can go looking for it because Margot, if you can even at least get some photographic evidence, mm-hmm. and Carter, there's no one who could pick a lock better than you. That's true. Soul. I am awesome. Yeah, that's that, that makes sense. I really, I don't know how much in the mood I'll be in for small talk. So yes. Oh, it's gonna be great. We'll get a cup of cocktails, schmooze, <laughs> get some, uh, you know, uh, little little canapes, little hors d'oeuvres. Oh, don't eat beforehand, guys. We're gonna party. How are you guys dressing for this affair? I mean, Obviously, that's what we're going to spend the rest of today doing. <laughs> Vaughn has Vaughn has the credit rating to pull this off. Um, um, I might want to maybe do a luck roll to see if I could contact one of my dad's ex girlfriends who lives in the city, borrow something. Yeah, give me nice. a luck roll. See if you can get something nice, nice from one of these floozies. I rolled a forty-five under seventy-two. Yeah, it just so happens uh, that one of them uh, lives on Park Avenue, just a, a, an avenue away and a couple blocks up, so you could secure a dress. Uh, Margo, where are you getting your threads? Um, I was thinking maybe, like, you know, artists can be cool, right? And they could maybe wear fashion-forward things, mm. if not expensive. So I'm, that's the route I'm hoping to go for, is, like, someone's got something, like, Fashion forward that the rich people will like, maybe haven't got their hands on yet. It's and they can't tell time. it's not expensive. <laughs> flapper dress, flapper dress. Um, uh, okay, I like that. Uh, and Carter, are you just uh, Vaughn. making Vaughn buy something? Let's talk for a second about huh? a haberdashery somewhere in this town. <laughs> I suppose it's rather early. Yes, um, if uh, Mr. Vaughn is uh, sorted and, uh, Fräulein Sauer is, um, going the bohemian route. Then let's you and I go to wherever in this blasted town passes for Savile Row. Yes, I'm a 40 long. Let's rock! I love that you guys are having a shopping montage right now. <laughs> right? I love that so much for you. <laughs> and so, yeah, like, get... I'll, I'll... And trying on hats. Oh, yeah. <laughs> then, yeah, um, we'll, we'll go somewhere and get, get fully... Black tie kid. Mr. Peanut Me, let's go. All right, so you guys get all suited up, and this is pretty much your day. Uh, If you check back into the Waldorf, uh, nothing from pool, nothing from Schozenberg. No, uh, Millie Adams doesn't show up. I'm fine. Like, nothing. Uh, 
Are you taking the train up there, or are you borrowing a car, renting a car? Vaughn! <laughs> yes, I suppose it wouldn't do much good to arrive at such a gate on foot. Um, and I'll call a car service and have a... I can drive if need be. I've got driving skills. <laughs> I put some points in. I mean, I've got the credit rating. Yes, yes, you are going right to have one too many cocktails. Yeah. There's no uh-huh. such thing as a designated driver in the 20s. No one gives a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hire a driver in a car. Everyone's just driving these iron, iron tanks. Um, all right, so you're going to take a car, and then last question, are you coming to this party armed? Yeah. Yeah. What a typical question. Yeah, would Always. We? I have my lady gun in my purse. I mean... Carter's not great with... I don't know. I don't think you could bring a sawed-off shotgun. I know. However... If that dress is baggy least, enough, you can bring whatever you want. At least a knife. I do have another gun. I have a handgun I can bring. Yeah, I can't. I, it'd be hard to bring a sawed-off shotgun to this <laughs> gala really? for Brooklyn orphans. But what if it made me happy? <laughs> well, <laughs> it might not make the security happy. Um, I'll bring my handgun and maybe my brass knuckles. The only handgun. sharp thing Carter needs is his tongue. There it is. Yeah. Damn this thing! Where are? Uh, I was certain this was loaded. Oh, uh, yeah, um... About about that. That. Um, (laughs) I think you were... I think you dropped your gun and the bullets came out. Don't... Well, I'll I'll just have those then, Tillinghast. Why don't we wait? Why don't we wait? I'll be with you. I'll hold on to these bullets for a little bit. Um... Are are you quite sure? Shouldn't... Shouldn't we rather be prepared? Yeah, but at this moment, we... I mean, there's no threat right now. I feel like... A couple bullets in my pocket. It's not gonna hurt anybody. You know, you've been going through a lot, emotionally speaking, and I just think it's for the best that... I'll just hold on to the bullets for a bit. Once we get to the party, let's chat. Very well. Uh, If you insist. Yeah, uh, I insist. So you rent a car, you get new outfits, or borrowed outfits, you do conceal some weapons on your person... And you head outside of the city to the Westchester County estate of Erica Carlisle, formerly the estate of Roger Carlisle when he uh, ran the family business. As you're driving up the, uh, I don't know if it was called the Taconic back then, but that's what you'd be taking now, um, you can see in the distance uh, an ominous glimpse of Sing Sing Prison not too far away, and you know somewhere in there, in the death house, Hilton Adams is hopefully still sitting, waiting to be exonerated, probably with no idea that his wife is missing, and in perhaps worse danger than he is in. And, uh, and like a huge pang of guilt is hitting, well, like just like imagining himself explaining to Hilton Adams that he is going off for an evening of socializing in the midst of all this. Yeah, and, uh, you're just driving by all dressed to the Socializing with a purpose. I feel like yes, the car the- is just like dead silent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we all feel bad. And you pull up to the Carlisle estate. 
there is an elegant three-story mansion in the distance sitting on top of five, six acres of absolutely superb, immaculate grounds. There's a 12-foot-high iron fence with sharpened finials surrounding the entire property. You see, um, you know, party-goers, gala-goers, dressed to the nines, uh, black-tie affair, tuxedos, um, women in evening gowns, uh, all walking uh, through the gate, um, having the car, their car doors opened as they uh, walk up towards the estate, and uh, two men walking back and forth on the perimeter with um, shotguns. Jesus Christ. Think uh, the Godfather, like the Godfather compound, when like they would open the gate and a car would come in, there'd just be a couple guys walking around with rifles. It's that same thing. Seems that Sing Sing isn't the only highly guarded facility in this neck of the woods. My God. Um, See another guy with like a pack of dogs just like in the distance going around the back of the uh, estate. So it's heavily guarded um, by both armed guards and guard dogs. You park the car and I imagine Vaughn looks in his element here, but the rest of you are playing dress up a little bit, playing pretend. What is everyone's credit rating? Not you, Vaughn, but everybody else. Uh, Mine is low, but I did get dressed by a high society woman. (laughs) Oh, yep. 20. Mine's a a 10. I'm a 10 as well. Without the wife around, I guess. (laughs) Everybody adds... I have too much folding money. Everybody add 40 to your skill and give me a roll based on that. Okay. As you approach the uh, front gate. <gasps> I rolled a 10. A 10. Oh. Okay. Success? Yes. So we were, we were supposed to add 40 to 40 whatever. to your face, yeah. So 10 under 50. 10 under 50. That's uh, an extreme success. Yeah. What'd you get, Carter? <laughs> <laughs> I got a 63 over what is now 50. No. Oh. Um, well, I got could, a ninety-eight over twenty. Can, can you push a credit rating roll? <laughs> I mean, you could. I don't know. <laughs> You'd have to explain what you're doing. Okay, so so but Carter, I, you can use luck. You could spend thirteen points of luck. Here's to the make thing: that I've got thirty-five luck. I'm mm. a little nervous about going deep on the luck. I'm gonna push it. I'm gonna. He gets out. Maybe realizes that his zipper's undone. Well, you see, you're, you're both, uh, whereas, whereas Vaughn and Feyruz are uh, being let in with no problems, not being frisked at all, uh, the guard takes one look at Margot's uh, attempt at uh, Fashion Forward and Carter's half-face. And uh, What's Margot wearing? I don't know. What's a that? trash like, bag. Fashion Just a Forward. Looks like a, Some a, avant-garde. It's like, a hefty bag. Dress. I feel like I see like them just ease in, and I like start fussing, like making everything straight. I want to push it too. Yeah, all right, give me some pushes. All right, Carter zips Push up his real fly and straightens his tie. Oh my God. Oh no, that's good. Twenty six under what is now sixty. 
I rolled a fucking one. Oh, no way. <laughs> so you see like them. Zero, 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 one, one, right? Zero, zero, one, yeah. You see them walk up to you as if they're about to uh, ask you to lift your arm so they could just frisk you real quickly. Uh, and then another guy comes up and puts his hand on. He's like, he's with, they're with them. Don't worry. Yeah, about I'm it. with them, sir. Uh, as is she. As you can see, she is a, a living work of art. Obviously, this is past your taste. Yeah, your provincial minds can't even understand what's going on on her. Me, I'm a slick motherfucker. Let me through. <laughs> gentlemen, gentlemen, please let them in. They're here to save Brooklyn orphans, after yes, all. We, we need to save Brooklyn orphans so later they can open coffee shops and start record labels. Please come in and make yourselves comfortable. And you walk past these guys and up to the steps. And the door is wide open and it is just full of people dressed to the nines. And this place is just, it just smells of old, old money. Uh, everything looks rich down to the last detail. Um, there's a, a, a large sitting room where many people are gathered. There's a salon. Um, uh, you see just rooms upon rooms, an elegant staircase leading up, and people are everywhere. Feyruz is like, fuck yeah, this is exactly the kind of life that I've dreamed of, like, having. And she's, uh, she's dressed in this, like, long, very, like, deep cut and fitting that, like, flares out at the bottom. But it's, like, this beaded champagne gown. And she has this fox fur, uh, stole around her shoulders with, like, with, like, the head of the fox still there, chilling on her, like, right hand side. And then, like, with the tail still dangling on the left. Um, and she's got, like, her hair quaffed in, like, the style of the time with this, like, beautiful jeweled comb sticking out on one side of her hair. And she is just, like, ready to be in this society. She's been waiting for this moment. <laughs> I could hear Nora describe her uh, her outfit for another yeah, five yeah. minutes. <laughs> I feel like the joy she has this extravagant forth. perfume that smells of night-blooming jasmine yeah. as she walks by. <laughs> uh... What do you guys want to do at this party? I mean, it is it is mingle o'clock here. Uh, you don't know anyone. You look around, you don't recognize anyone. Um, I think we gotta find out which one of these broads is Erica Carlisle. Yes, we don't even know what she looks like. Um, I didn't expect so many people to be here. I don't know why. I say but- we look for the group of the the largest group of people that are surrounding one single woman, and that's her. Because everyone's going to want to want a piece. She's also the host of this function, so I'm sure she's going to be giving a speech at some point, mm-hmm. Troy. Yes, <laughs> yes no or doubt. Or be <laughs> in an Australian accent, which she is. <laughs> Welcome to my party. Um, all right, do you want to split up, or are you going off in groups, or are you just like Scooby-Dooing your way, as a, like shuffling along uh, as a foursome? Do you want to break I off in those it, pairs we described? Yeah, we can yes, split these. I kind of like take uh, take Vaughn's arm hmm. and yes. gl- grab a glass of champagne with the other. Yeah. And Carter the gentleman? The, Carter does the elbow. Not even looking at the... Like, the same. Thank you. Sour, let's do this. <laughs> let's do this. I love these this pair. The two, <laughs> the two couples uh, just spread out into the party. Mm-hmm. And so um, yeah, let's um let's I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll I'll like cast my eye over this just like we were saying. Um 
I don't know what if this is a spot hidden or if there's a way I could parlay the, uh, this as a credit rating thing. If I could like, if Vaughn's highly class attuned <laughs> background can read this room such You're- that he can find it. The center of its hierarchy. Your class dar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> class dar. Psychology. Yeah, yeah, or psychology even. Uh, yeah. What, uh, just a spot hidden. You're looking for. Spot hidden it is. Yeah. All right. Uh, passed. 58 over 75. 58 under 75. Okay. All right. So that is a regular success. And you're looking around, and I mean, man, there's just a lot going on here. And you're also, as a as a man of culture, uh, impressed by this uh, place, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. And you're looking, and you just see, like, rooms off of hallways, and there are people coming in and out. So this party isn't just like, taking place in the salon. It appears as if uh, people have some sort of uh, semi-freedom to walk about. At $1,000 a plate, they know that there are no riffraff in here. Or are there? Um, with a success on that spot hidden, you do not see anyone that, uh, I mean, you don't have a description of her really, uh, unless you've taken some time to read the high society pages, but you don't see anyone that like jumps out at you like that's gotta be her. You do, however, see, uh, her lawyer, Bradley Gray. Uh, he's dressed in a very fancy ascot. Uh, he has his hair slicked back and he's, he's holding court, um, with a group of people and, uh, and drowning some red wine. Okay. Well, I know. Well, Vaughn. Who do you suppose is Ms. Carlyle? Well, I haven't spied her yet on the floor. I do see one of her general factotums over there. Mr. Gray, I've already had the pleasure. Oh. And and, uh, and Vaughn is, like, fully code-switching into, like, um, like super uh, effete. <laughs> well, perhaps you can make an introduction. Yes, quite. If you'd be so kind as to accompany me. And I hold my hand out like this. <laughs> for yes. Extend my wrist. And uh, take it. And uh, This we'll is just... already worth it, by the way. This entire decision is already worth it. <laughs> and we will sweep across the floor um, and and uh, roll up on the on the little circle of people listening to Bradley Gray. Yes, and he's uh, and he's just uh, he's talking. He just finished a joke, and they're all like, <laughs> and he turns and sees you. <gasps> Von Villiers, I wasn't expecting to see you here this evening. You had mentioned that you uh, were a man of means, and here you are to save the Brooklyn orphans. Yes, as you see, Mr. Gray, my word is as good as my bond. He um, looks over at Feyre's and Is this your um, friend? Co- uh, colleague. Colleague. I yes. see. Feyre's Gibran, such a pleasure to meet you. Ah, and a pleasure to meet you as well. Uh, she extends her hand out. Oh, and he licks it. <laughs> <laughs> he puts three uh, fingers in his, in his mouth. <laughs> I take off my glove and slap him. I demand satisfaction, <laughs> sir. Yeah. <laughs> and a pleasure we to meet you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just eat your hand. Um, oh, yes. Um, well, um, now, Mr. Villiers, uh, are you here to try and uh, get a jump on your meeting with Miss Carlyle? Because I don't think she would take too kindly to that. Uh, this is, after all, a uh, charity event, not a time to be bringing up memories of sad things, yes? And we have made a considerable donation. 
Oh, but of course, I know how expensive these plates are. I, of course, get in for free, but I could afford it. I assure you, I assure you, I'm paid quite well by Miss Carlyle. Is this I'm how sure this dude talked before? Handsomely. I can't remember. <laughs> no, I know He's he was really rather foppish. Um, could be the champagne. Yes. Well, well, I, I can see that it, her it, generosity it, and philanthropy knows no bounds, seeing as she's um, even so kind as to allow employees to uh, join in these little fets. Oh, Mr. Villiers, please, you do me a, an unkind this. <laughs> oh, no, 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 I, I, I do not wish to offend. Um, but if I do have the chance to uh, bend the ear of Miss um, Carlyle, I'll be only too happy to... Uh, to only seek to make her acquaintance and not to bring up any uh, horrid memories that should cause alarm. Well, I mean, I'm sure I could fix something. Perhaps you could bend my ear, Mr. Villiers, and he grabs uh, champagne. Do you, I see you drink? Perhaps another glass, uh, Mr. Villiers? And as he hands you that glass, uh, favors, give me a spot hidden. All right. Oh, I can't believe the police are here already. It's only 8.30. The security is tight here. They don't usually uh, come to mind. 53 under 80. 53 under 80. As um, Bradley Gray is, it almost seems like he's trying to separate uh, Vaughn uh, from you. Uh, you look over his shoulder and you see on the far side of the room a man like canoodling with a woman uh, much younger than him, your age. And uh, he's like laughing and uh, toasting and he laughs and he turns and it's your father. Whoa. What on <laughs> earth is he doing here? Oh well, I'm sure you boys have so much to catch up on. Why don't I go freshen up? I'll go look for the powder room and I will reconvene with you later. Yes, yes, absolutely. So, Mr. Villiers, tell me, are you here to stay in New York or you'll be uh, heading back to the motherland? <laughs> um, my sojourn here is, I, I, alas, I, I think it may be brief, but one never knows. If the charms of a place delight one, then uh, one may have cause to stay. Or a person. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> um, okay, yeah. <laughs> yes, perhaps. Perhaps indeed. Thank you ever so much. Yes. Um, a delightful vintage. And he'll cheers uh, Mr. Gray and, uh, and drink. Um Okay. All the while keeping an eye out, seeing if he can clock uh, Carlisle. Clock Carlisle. Uh, and it almost feels like he's lording over this idea that, like, just hang out with me for a little bit, and maybe if things go well, I'll give you an introduction. Mm-hmm. Let's cut back to uh, Feyruz and Carter, also uh, arm-in-arm, walking oh, throughout Margo. this party. Mardo. Margo. Margo? Margo. <laughs> mm-hmm. Carter and Margo. Um, what are you two knuckleheads doing? All right, so the Cargo. trick is... When they come by and they offer you, like, a cocktail shrimp, what you do is you say, um, yes, thank you. And then when they come back again, you hide your napkin, and they forget that they gave it to you. There's so many people here. You get another cocktail shrimp. Why does they care how many cocktail shrimp I have? Why can't I just eat a cocktail shrimp? I'm just saying I'm giving you a life hack on how to get more cocktail shrimp, because if they see you... Listen, I'm, a life hack I spent some what? time. 
on how to get more cocktail shrimp. But I could just get some whenever they pass them around. It's free. Yeah, but I'm telling you. Pardon me, would you like a cocktail shrimp? Oh, yes. Yes, Thank you so much. Thank you. And one for you. Mm Mm-hmm. All yeah. right. Thank you. And here's the thing. No, what I'm telling you is if they see a napkin in your hand from the last cocktail shrimp, they'll skip over you. That's why you get rid of the napkin. Cocktail shrimp, anyone? Yes, thank you oh, so much. Yes, <laughs> thank you. I'm literally still eating this one. And they gave me another one. Okay, well, maybe this party's a little different than the parties I've been to. All right, fine. That's fine. Listen, I don't know whether or not we should wait to see if Vaughn corners Erica Carlisle or if we just go look for the safe. Well, right like... It looks like we can just kind of mosey wherever we want. So maybe we take, like, do what everyone else is doing, mosey around, try to find maybe where the important safe room is. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, you know, just be cool until then, and then try to get into that room. That's the other side of the pillow, baby. Let's do it. Now, listen, I think we should each get a drink, because otherwise we'll stand up. Oh, I already have one. You don't have one? No, I just... I'll get another one. I'll get have another two. What, do they not give you one if you already have one? Is that a rule? Another life hack. You take the shrimp tail, drop it in your champagne, and get a little shrimp champagne. Who? Shrimpane, it's called. I'm in shrimpane. Yeah. <laughs> Delicious. Yes, even though it's okay. prohibition, I would imagine a party of this stature would be serving alcohol and no one would... Um, there's plenty no of... Good. Probably so the That's mayor great. is here. It's a great point. Um, this universe is ignoring that law. Troy, <laughs> Troy is there no a, game of mine is going to be dry. <laughs> is there a world where, given my background and how I've gotten in with this old lady, uh, just sort of having a kind of a a notion on where I could, where the first place to search for a a safe would be? Like maybe there's an office upstairs. Like you know, I'm sure not every huge mansion is the same, but. If you look up to the top of the stairs, um, you see an armed guard standing up top. Um, if you wait a little bit and watch, he's not moving. Um, so getting upstairs doesn't seem like it'll be an easy task. What do you know about uh, a possible safe here? Do you know anything? We know from And you guys Jackson's. can talk group-wise if there's something one of yeah, you knows. Uh, we know from Jackson's one of Jackson's letters... We know, like, what could be in it. I don't remember reading anything about, like, where it would be in their giant mansion. Yeah, I don't think it was spelled out. It was just, like, need to get into the... The psychoanalyst files are in there. Yeah, There's that. No, I I think that's separate. There's the psychoanalyst files, and then there's... It might be in the same letter, uh, but there's something about um, getting into the Carlisle safe. Yes, um, I will say that despite the... Um, the books are in Carlisle's safe. Sorry to cut you off. The books are in Carlisle's safe. Yeah. But, so there are armed guards. Those are the main stairs. In all of mansions that were built, in the, especially in that era, there's usually a, a hidden maid's stairs that go from the kitchen up to uh, the other floors. Uh-huh. So you might want to try that route. Okay. Carter knows, of course. You don't want to see your help moving about. <laughs> Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, that actually that was that was yeah. the idea. Or a dumbwaiter of some kind, we can sneak in. Sometimes and- there are like ele- elevators like that, but there's guaranteed for a lot of those homes built in that time. There's usually a stairwell for the help. You're looking around for that, and a woman uh, sees the two of you, and you both sort of strike a. Uh, unique look as opposed to everybody else in this party she's like oh, 
Oh my! And who are the two of you? <laughs> um, Carter Tillinghast of the Gloucester Tillinghasts. And uh, this is my date for the evening. Margot Sauer, artist uh, extraordinaire. Tillinghast of the Gloucester Tillinghast. Uh, any relation to Myrtle Tillinghast? Indeed, I am her husband, believe it or not. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and how are you? I was so sorry to hear what happened. We were uh, acquaintances, of course. Uh, uh, a cousin of mine played bridge with her every week, and, and we uh, we had uh, we had met through her. I, I never was a bridge partner of hers, but we were friendly. We 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 played in the same circles, as it were. I I'm so sorry. It appears as if you've uh, moved on rather quickly, though. Far be it from me to judge. <laughs> um, I'm still uh, Carter Carter's whole whole demeanor, the whole like, hey, ding-a-ding-a-ding finger gun guy is fucking <laughs> gone. Immediately. Just, just evaporates. And he just kind of like, looks off, he's like, um, yes, it was, it was quite a blow. Um, uh, I uh, just made, uh, Miss Sauer's acquaintance recently. This is a friend uh, situation and uh, and he's not like he can't there's no like talking his way out of there's not like he is not there's not even like a charm attempt here it's just like a dark cloud just passed over his face and he's like we're um, we're all still trying to uh, uh, pick up the pieces I oh I can imagine yes well I I, I, I am sorry uh, to meet you under these circumstances. I, I had heard that you were off traveling, and uh, I had met her, her new friend, Mr. Uh, uh, Vickers, it was. Bart Vickers, a lovely young man. Well, he was, he was a bit of a talk amongst our circle, but um, yes, I had never had the chance to meet you. I'm sorry to meet you in this way. Thank you. I, I, uh, I appreciate that. Do you have, have you spotted Erica Carlisle by chance? <laughs> Miss Carlyle, I should only be so lucky. I'm sure her dance card is full this evening. Um, mm -hmm. But perhaps I will uh, get a, a chance to thank her for such a lovely party. Yes, you uh, know uh, those Brooklyn orphans, they're not going to save themselves. They're so poor. They're so poor and they have nothing, uh, especially parents. Yes. Uh, it is the worst to borrow. You just don't want to lose your parents. That's just rough. It's no, a raw deal. No, and especially not in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn, especially, Brooklyn will never become anything. It's a, it's on the downslide. Well, Mr. Um, Tillinghast and Mrs. Sauer, as it were, I yes, hope that you, you have a lovely evening, and uh, perhaps we will uh, meet again. Perhaps. Thank you. Thank you for your thoughts. And she leaves. What was that about? I don't want to talk about it. Let's see if we can find that dumbwaiter thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And you start and Carter's to... Just, Carter just grabs her hand and starts plowing through the crowd. You start walking through the crowd uh, in the direction of the kitchen, perhaps looking for some sort of back maid staircase or uh, a dumbwaiter uh, to go uh, sneak up uh, or down, uh, depending on where you're trying to go. As you're moving through, uh, Margot, give me a spot hidden. Okay. Twelve under sixty-two. Whoa. Is that extreme? 
It is. 12 times it 5 is. is 60, right? Yeah. Yes, it certainly is. Okay. You're getting pulled through and just from rich person, rich person, rich person being brushed by you as, as uh, Carter, some, something in that conversation has kind of taken him out of this. And, uh, he, uh, he pulls you and pulls you and pulls you and you're, you're, I don't know, maybe, have you ever been in a party like this with this, this much, uh, wealth? Probably not. Probably not. So it's a little overwhelming. Uh, and you look across the room. And you see the gentleman that was staring at you from across the diner. Now, he doesn't have a trench coat on, but he has that exact same hat that he was wearing. And you look now and you are certain it was the man that was standing in the rain outside the diner staring at you. And with an extreme success, you see him looking at you and then he looks away. Carter, Carter, wait, wait. wait what, wait, what? Remember when I saw, uh, as a man, uh, with a uh, pool? He's here, he's here, he's right there. He's the got guy the that disappeared on, on the you? The same hat on, yes, it's him. He looked directly at me, now he's beginning. He doesn't see me, and we're going over there right now. Wait, wait, okay, all right, let's go. Okay, I go over there. You start to walk over to this man. We go back to Vaughn, who is being... Uh, Plied with drink from Bradley Gray. And uh, Feyruz, meanwhile, is walking towards her father, who is like nuzzling the neck of a woman at least Feyruz's age. All of you being pulled in separate directions. And Bradley says, Oh, look, there's Erica. And we'll see you next week. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, so much drama. There's Erica. So much drama in the LBC. God. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Glass Cannon Network. For more podcasts and live streams, visit glasscannonnetwork.com. And for exclusive shows and content you can't find anywhere else, subscribe today at patreon.com slash glasscannon. Thank you.